0: chapter twenty five of six months in mexico by Nellie bligh this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by james k white chula vista mexican soldiers and the rurales el mexicano thinks it would be one of the pleasantest as well as one of the easiest things in the world to whip the gringos while the latter with their heads a little swelled perhaps imagine otherwise and scoff at the idea of the greasers winning even one battle in the event of war be that as it may solid unvarnished facts will prove to the most headstrong that the advantage is mostly on the other side the standing army in mexico is said to number forty thousand men but is believed to be more every little village of a few hundred people has its army and every day that army is being increased the officers range from those who have gained experience and fame on the battlefield to the young ones reared and trained in military colleges. They are mostly all of what is considered the highest class of people in Mexico. The rank and file are mostly half-breeds or Indians who are not by any means volunteers. They are nearly all convicts. When a man is convicted of some misdemeanor, he is enlisted in the regular army, separated from his home, and to serve the rest of his natural life. This life is not a bed of roses. There is no bed at all, and out of a medio, six and a quarter cents, a day, he has to furnish his food and comforts. The dress uniform is made of coarse woolen goods, with yellow stripes on the sleeves, and the undress uniform, which is worn constantly, except on review days, is but white muslin, pants, waist, and cap some of the indians are stolen and put in the army and they immediately resign themselves to their fate for there is no more escape for them than there is from death the wives of these poor fellows are very faithful and very often follow the regiment from one place to another they live on what nature grows for them and what they can beg or steal the men are called in spanish soldados and the women because they cling to their husbands soldadas it looks very pitiful to see a poor Indian woman with a babe tied to her back and one clinging to her skirts, dusty, hungry, and footsore, traveling for miles through the hot sun with the regiments. These soldados are wonderfully hardy; They can travel for a week through the hot sun with nothing to drink and but a spoonful of boiled beans and one tortilla, a small flat cake, for two days' rations, sleep on the ground at night, and be as fresh for service as a well-kept mule. Fight? Well, those who imagine it such an easy thing to whip them should stand off and witness some of their feats first. They love their country and consider life well lost in defense of it. They are ignorant, it is true, but seem the more courageous for it. When told to fight, they go at it with as much vigor as a bulldog after a cat. They don't know why they are fighting or for what, but it is their rule and custom to obey, not to reason why. If you would stop one soldier in the midst of his fighting and ask, Why are you fighting? He would answer in the characteristic words of his people, Quien sabe? If a man is silly enough to try to escape from this bondage, he is immediately shot, or, if he disobeys orders, they have time but to punish him with death a short time before leaving mexico some guards at the prison tried to desert and immediately every regiment was notified to be on the lookout and others were sent out to recapture them and as soon as found they were shot the soldiers have an herb named marihuana which they roll into small cigaros and smoke it produces intoxication which lasts for five days and for that period they are in paradise "'It has no ill after-effects, yet the use is forbidden by law. "'It is commonly used among prisoners. "'One cigarro is made, and the prisoners all sitting in a ring partake of it. "'The smoker takes a draw and blows the smoke into the mouth of the nearest man. "'He likewise gives it to another, and so on around the circle. "'One cigarro will intoxicate the whole lot for the length of five days.' the mexican officers are unpleasantly sarcastic or rather they have a custom that is the extreme of irony it is known as la ley fuga the law of escape they will tell you they are going to take a prisoner or soldier as the case may be out to the suburbs to give him a chance to escape it sounds very pleasant to the stranger they will for example politely ask the railway conductor to stop the train in some quiet place as they want to let a prisoner escape. The American conductor finds his heart warming within him for these generous officers and quickly and gladly obeys. The train is stopped, they all get off, and the officers form in a single line with guns raised to the shoulders. The prisoner is placed before them and told to Vamos. He gives one glance into their unchanging faces, the surrounding land, and then starts. That moment he falls to the earth riddled with a dozen bullets and the executioners re-enter the train and are speeding fast away almost before the echo of this fatal volley died away they cannot waste time putting his body beneath the ground but before long some indians traveling that way find it he is one of them and their turn may be next so they lay him in a hastily dug hole erect a wooden cross at the end murmur a prayer and leave him to return to that from which he sprung this is the merciful law of escape practiced daily in mexico once every year to commemorate the victory over the french on the fifth of may eighteen sixty two the president reviews all the troops they flock to the city from mountain valley town and city clad in holiday attire then only one realizes their strength as they march before the palace where the president is seated on the balcony. The finest-looking men in the whole 40,000 are the rurales. They number 6,000 and are larger men than Mexicans usually are. These rurales are a band of outlaws who came forward with their chief and aided Díaz during the war. When it was over, Díaz recognized their power and was so afraid of them that he offered them a place in the army, with their chief as general and they are today not only the best paid but speaking of their fighting ability the best men in mexico in the first place they are large and powerful and known over the entire country mountain town and valley as thoroughly as we know our abc they fear nothing on earth or out of it and will fight on the least provocation they would rather fight than eat and have a great aversion to exhibiting themselves as they demonstrated on the fifth of may last when only eight hundred could be persuaded to participate they have their own bands and a number of buglers every man owns his horse which must in color match that of the rest of the regiment their uniform is yellow buckskin elaborately embroidered with silver and gold upon the pants and on the back front and sleeves of the short cutaway jacket their wide sombrero is the same color finished with the same embroidery and a silver cord and tassel their saddles also match their suits in color and silver finish how they ride it is simply perfection the horse and rider seem to be one i don't think they could carry any more weapons if they tried each man has a good carbine a sword two revolvers the same number of daggers and two lassos and they fight with any or all of these weapons they fight very cleverly with the lasso if they wish to take a prisoner a very unusual proceeding on their part they with the rope can either lasso man and horse together or two or more men the other lasso is of wire which not only catches the fugitive but knocks him senseless or cuts his head off as the case may be these rurales guide tourists through the interior and also attend all public places to keep order. They receive one dollar a day, which is enormous compared with the other soldiers' pay of six and one-quarter cents. They have their horses in perfect control, and can make them execute all kinds of movements in a body, while the tricks performed by individual horses are numberless. The Mexicans have a good deal of suppressed wrath bothering them at the present day. They know that Díaz is a tyrannical czar and want to overthrow him. It may be readily believed that Díaz knows they are bound to get rid of this superfluous feeling, and he would much rather have them vent its strength on the Americans than on himself. Thus he stands on the war question. He is a good general and has many good tough old soldiers, the best of whom is ex-president González, to aid him, besides the convict soldiers and the rurales. End of chapter 25 Recording by James K. White Chula Vista